Welcome to the FCC Podcast. Hear all the stories, worship, and teaching from Sunday service. Want to connect with us or learn more about FCC? Visit us at FCCETown.com. So when we were kids, um, we used to play the, the game telephone, and telephone was a great game to play. Hey, how you doing? Uh, good, good to see you. Uh, telephone is a great game to play when we were when we were kids because y- y- it was just fun. You could line everybody up in a line, and y- you'd whisper something into the ear of the first person, and then that person had to turn around and whisper to the person behind them, and then that person had to whisper what they heard to the person behind them, and then that person had to listen, whisper the thing they heard to the person behind them. And there would be giggles that would happen along the way, laughter that would happen along the way, and then there would be this this moment where, you know. Uh, somebody would have this weird look on their face because th- that sentence, that phrase didn't even make any sense. And so then the, the best part of the game was you would get to the end of the line and you would have, somebody would have to recite whatever it was that they've now heard at the end of the line. And whatever they heard was nothing at all like how it started. And we'd laugh and have fun. And, and that was a fun game to play when we were kids. We play the same game as adults. We just don't tell anybody that we're playing and we play it unintentionally. And it's that you say something, and then somebody heard you say it, and so then they tell somebody else what they heard you say, and maybe it's a little bit different than what you actually said, and then somebody passes on another version of what they heard you say, and so it keeps going down the line until eventually it gets to a place where at the end of the line, when it finally gets back to you what you've supposedly said, you find yourself having to defend yourself and say, look, I never even said that because it's not even close to what you said. And now we live in the world of hackers, okay? And so we have our social media accounts and our email accounts getting hacked. Okay, all of us have this happen to some degree or another. And, and, and so there are emails that get sent out as if they are coming from us and they get sent to people who are in your contact list. I've had this happen to me a couple of times in the last year. And so I'll have people that will respond to me and say, hey, I think you've been hacked. I I got this email from you that doesn't seem like it's from you, although it looks like it's from you, and it looks like it's your email address, and and, and I'm just checking to see. And they've sent me those emails, okay? And so if that happens to you and you get an email from me that you think might not be from me, here's some clue for you to know that it's not from me, okay? In both of the emails that people sent me, they both started off by saying, dear beloved, okay? And then they ended as me signing off, Reverend Stewart, okay? If you get something from me where I call you beloved and I address myself as Reverend Stewart, it ain't from me, okay? And everything in between those things is not anything that I said. I'm being misquoted in the midst of that. But far more than than I've ever been misquoted, and I've been misquoted in my life, but far more than me, God has been misquoted. The Bible has been misquoted. There are some great phrases that happen in the Bible. There's great scripture, great verses that are in the Bible, and many of those have been put on posters and plaques and hung on the wall to kind of remind us of these great sayings that come out of God's word But there are also some other phrases that have been blamed on the Bible that never came from the Bible. They were never in there. God never said that. And yet there's people who will make these big grand statements, okay? Huge 
um, statements about morality and about their view on morality, and then they'll say at the end of it, it's in the Bible. And you don't ask for chapter and verse, but you kind of feel like they maybe know what they're talking about, and it sounds like maybe that is in the Bible. It's not in there. Or, this will happen a lot, somebody will say it in that cool King James-ish kind of feel to it. It's got lots of these and thous in what they're saying, and then they'll tell you that's a verse of the Bible, and it's not. It's just not in there. Now, some of them are insignificant. They're just naive little things that don't really matter. Um, but, but some of them uh, are, are bigger. But the ones that don't matter, the insignificant ones, you'll, you'll see things like this one. When God closes a door, he always opens a window, okay? Um, that's not in there, okay? It, there's no chapter and verse for that one. In fact, that's Julie Andrews from The Sound of Music. So if somebody tries to tell you that there's chapter and verse on that, um, you can start singing The Hills Are Alive, okay? That's not in Scripture, Another one that'll pop up from time to time. I think our parents use this. My mom used this one. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Anytime it was time to clean up my room, cleanliness is next to godliness came out, okay? It was some type of way to say, look, if you're going to be super spiritual, you need to be tidy, okay? It's not in there. It's not anywhere in the Bible. It doesn't exist. It's just something parents use, okay? Just move it on. Another great one. Uh, God moves in mysterious ways. Now, this is a true statement, okay? Uh, I think compared to what we know and how we understand things, I think God does move in mysterious ways, but he doesn't say that in the Bible. That's actually YouTube, Mysterious Ways. Great song. It's on Octung Baby. Great album. Check it out if you want to. It's really good, but it's not scripture, okay? When it comes to what the Bible says, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some more significant quotes that actually matter that people are convinced come from the Bible, and it's just not in there. So today's statement is one that um, it shows up and kind of gets in your face when you've got struggles happening in your life, okay? When life gets rough, when you're going through a a tough patch, um, inevitably there will be somebody who will come alongside you, a very well-meaning Christian person, who because you're going through a tough spot in a relationship or because you're going through some health concerns or because your finances are a little upside down or or because you're just struggling with a decision, they will come alongside you and they will say something to you in the midst of that moment that will make you want to punch them in the throat, okay? And inevitably, it will happen. When you're going through something rough, someone will come alongside you and they will say the words, hey, just remember, God will never give you more than you can handle. It's in the Bible. God will never give you more than you can handle. Well, the the truth is, God never said that. The Bible never said that. In fact, the Bible says things that are quite different than that. But before we get into what the Bible does say, let me me just kind of use this as an opportunity to make some important insights about how God works in our lives and in our world. First of all, this gets said when we're going through struggles and we're going through troubles and we're having a bad time, okay? Bad things happen to all of us, okay? It, it may come in different forms and it may feel like it's in different levels of severity, 
but bad things happen to all of us. And bad things happen for lots of different reasons. Sometimes bad things happen because of your own sin, okay? There is sin in your life, and you do something that goes against the will of God, and it comes back to cause bad things to happen to you. Sometimes bad things happen to you because of somebody else's sin and something that they're doing, and it blows back on you and causes bad things to happen to you. And then sometimes bad things happen to you because we live in a broken, fallen world. And there is just no other explanation than that. And so God doesn't bring on or give out or hand down bad things into your life and and cause you to have hard parts of life and troubling parts of life. And that is an important uh, thing to understand about God is that he's not handing out bad things to you in your life. The second thing is this. When you read through the Bible and you pay attention to the stories that are in the Bible, what you see over and over and over again is the fact that people are in all kinds of situations, in all kinds of moments, in all kinds of seasons that they cannot handle on their own. In fact, I'm convinced that there are some stories that show up in the Bible that are there for the sole purpose of us picking up on and recognizing that somebody is going through something that they can't handle on their own. I mean, all over the Bible, there are these huge stories of God handing out responsibilities and handing out assignments to people that are too big for them. The disciples were given the responsibility of starting the church, okay? Church starts in Acts chapter two. And Acts chapter two gets going. And by Acts chapter three, the disciples who started the church, who were hoping that this would just go perfectly and God's in it and so they'll always be up into the right stuff and nothing, ever, and nothing bad's ever gonna happen to us, by the very next chapter, they are arrested and beaten and put in prison because they talked about Jesus. But get this, when, when they got out of prison, the Bible says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. They felt that it was a privilege that something happened to them, that they were involved in something that was bigger than them, that was more than they could handle. The Apostle Paul repeatedly calls himself a prisoner of the Lord. He was in prison so many times that he actually gave himself the title, I'm the prisoner of the Lord. There are four books of the New Testament that Paul wrote that we know he wrote from inside a prison cell because he had nothing else to do and he was in prison so often if he was going to have correspondence, he was gonna have to write from jail. We, we know from all that that he wrote, that he was shipwrecked, that he was snake bitten, that he was in prison, that he was beaten, that he was left for dead. Okay, the life that Paul lived after becoming a follower of Jesus was a life that was far beyond what he could handle on his own. Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter that um, a lot of people call the hall of faith. The reason it's called that is because it's filled with human being after human being who had these responsibilities and these tasks that were given to them by God and it was more than they could handle it was more than they could do it was too big for them and they knew that it was too much for them and in the process they leaned into God and they leaned into their faith and God saw them through what they could not handle on their own 
Do you see how, how ridiculous it would sound to say to one of these people that's talked about in the Bible or to say to somebody who lived in the church in the first century to walk up to them and say, hey, just remember, God will never give you more than you can handle. If you said that to one of those people, they would either laugh in your face or punch you in the throat, okay? There's a lot of throat punching in today's sermon, and I just, that's just the way it's going to be. These are people who were imprisoned, and they were starved, and they were beaten. They were executed. They had their families taken from them. They had to go off and live in the mountains. They had to live in caves. They had to live in the wilderness. They had to live just out in the open because of their belief in God. And to every single one of them, it would sound absolutely crazy if someone came to them and said, hey, don't worry, God will never give you more than you can handle because God never said that. The closest thing to that shows up in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Here's what that says. It says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now, this is a absolutely true statement, true verse, but it's a verse that's really about God. It's not about you. And what this verse actually says is not that God won't give you more than you can handle. It says that God is going to be with you and when life gives you more than you can handle, when life gives you too much, when life gives you what feels too heavy, and you can't figure your own way out of it, God is going to be there. And speak to him so that he will let all the slaves go. And Moses thought about it for about two seconds, and he said, um, I can't do that. That's too big for me, that's too much for me, that's, too, that's more than I can handle. God, I, I don't speak very well. I, I'm not a good speaker, I'm not a great leader, I, I stutter a lot. And God said, don't worry about that. I'll speak for you. God said to Gideon, Gideon, I need you to go and lead my people and I need you to actually fight for my people. And Gideon knew himself, and he knew his own limitations. And so Gideon said to God, God, I am from the very least tribe. I'm from the weakest tribe in all of Israel. And on top of being from the weakest tribe, I'm the weakest guy in the weakest tribe. I am the weakest of the weak. I can't lead. I can't fight for you. I can't fight for your people. And God said, don't worry about it. I'm going to fight for you. Jesus, I mean, even Jesus, when he was in the garden before his arrest, he, he was overcome by the anguish of what was sitting in front of him, what was about to happen, what he was about to go through with the, the crucifixion, with the beatings, with, the, with all of it, and it was too much. And so it was Jesus who spoke up in his time of prayer and said, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And the Bible goes on and tells us that while Jesus was praying, he was so overwhelmed by the anxiety and the, the, the stress of this moment that he started to sweat drops of blood out of his forehead. It's a real thing. 
It's a real thing that happens in extreme moments of stress and extreme moments of anxiety. And if you are sweating drops of blood, it's a pretty good indicator that you are right now in the midst of something that is more than you can handle. And in the middle of his humanity, Jesus spoke up and said, look, I can't bear this. And so, when you are in a moment like that, when you're in a moment that is more than you can handle, when you're in a moment that is just too big for you, when you're in a moment that is just too much and too heavy, and and I'm talking about that in the future, so maybe it's not future for you, maybe you're in a moment like that right now. When you're there, I don't want to be the guy that comes up and says, hey, just remember, God will never give you more than you can handle. Instead, instead, let me give you two reasons why I think that God allows us to go through things that are bigger than we can handle, to go through things that feel too much for us, Two things to pay attention to when, when it just feels like the weight that you just don't know that you can even get through another day. First thing is this. Sometimes that happens because God wants us to depend on him instead of depending on ourselves. Have you ever noticed that when life is going really well, okay, when things are cooking along and, and, and you're firing on all cylinders and everything is just kind of going really well, it's up and to the right, you tend to pray less you notice that? That, that when things are going along and, and it's all coming together, you tend to skip over some of those prayers before meals and skip over some of those prayer times before you go to bed at night. And you'll, you'll skip out on a devotion or two or a couple of weeks or a couple of months and they just kind of slip by. You didn't mean to. It's just things going so well that you just didn't really see the need. But when things aren't going so well and you, you hit your knees, And you pray all the time. Because when things aren't going so well, you you find yourself praying a lot more and you find yourself going to church a lot more and you find yourself kind of reading the Bible a lot more, hoping that something's going to trigger good times. And go all the way back to to 9-11. When 9-11 happened, the Sunday after and a few Sundays after that, church attendance swelled all over the country. Because people didn't know exactly what to do. We didn't have an answer. We weren't in control. And, and in the midst of not knowing what to do, we leaned into God and we leaned into faith. Even people who didn't have that confidence or that trust in the past were leaning into it as a I hope this works kind of thing. When we are going through more than we can handle, we more easily depend on God in those moments. And so maybe God allows us to go through some of the stuff that is more than we can handle. And maybe God allows us to go through what feels like way too much because he knows that in that moment we will turn to him. Do you remember the story of uh, Jonah and the great fish? Okay, you may know it as Jonah and the whale. Bible says great fish. We're trying to be really clear about what the Bible says, so it's Jonah and the great fish, okay? But the story is, that um, God gave Jonah an assignment. He gave him a a responsibility. 
And I'm not sure if Jonah thought that he couldn't handle it or if he just didn't want to handle it. Because part of the problem was he didn't agree with what God was asking him to go and do. Another part of the problem was is he knew it was going to be really dangerous and he could lose his life doing what God was going to ask him to do. And so he decided that he wasn't going to do it and he was going to run from God. Turns out you can't run from God. And so he's trying to run from God and gets thrown into the sea and he's out in open water and he's going to drown. And he knows that it's, this is it. And he's going to lose his life over his rebellion. And that's when God sends a great fish that comes along and swallows Jonah up and, and protects him. Now, this may seem really, really weird, but it's in the belly of that great fish that Jonah has a chance to kind of think. It's kind of his thinking spot there. and He thinks back over how he was thinking and what he was thinking when he thought he was going to drown. And he thought his life was over. And he records that for us in Jonah chapter 2. Here's what it says. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. He goes down in verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. When life starts to slip away, when things get out of control for us, when it feels like we are at the end and there is no way out, we depend on the Lord. We remember the Lord. We go running to the Lord. Happened with Jonah, happened with Moses, happened with Gideon. And so when you are ready to admit that something that's going on in your life is too much for you, is more than you can handle, and you don't know if you can make it another day, it's right then that God is clearly ready to rescue you. And so sometimes, I think God wants us to go through more than we can handle because he knows that there's a possibility that we are going to turn our attention to him. But sometimes when the rough times come and the troubled times come and it's, it's a tough part of life that happens, it happens so that we can experience God's power. Now, some of us have just read about God's power in the Bible or we've heard other people tell us about, you know, God experiences that they've had but we've never had. Some of us, it, it's still going to be some time before we experience, before we see, before we are able to, to be shown the power of God. But man, some of us are in deep times of prayer right now. We're in seasons of prayer over, maybe it's a medical issue, or maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's deep times of prayer over your finances that are kind of upside down, or maybe it's a relationship that's absolutely on the rocks. And you're praying. And I don't just mean you're praying. You're crying out in prayer for God to help you and for him to do something. And he doesn't. He hasn't done anything yet. And, and, and that's the frustrating part is that you're praying and you're praying because you know that he can help. You know that, that the Bible says that he can do something and he's not doing it and it's making you even crazier. And if you ever get to that place, you're not alone in getting there. There's a lot of us that get to that place. 
Paul got to that place. The Apostle Paul wrote about it in 2 Corinthians. Here's what he wrote. He said, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, we don't know what the thorn in the flesh was. He never really reveals what that was. It may have been another person that was kind of an enemy in his life that kind of kept making things awful for him. Some of us have those kinds of folks in our life, and we would definitely call them a thorn in the flesh. On our best day, that's the best we could do to call them a thorn in the flesh. It may have been some type of illness that Paul was dealing with. It could have been an addiction that Paul had that he just couldn't shake. But he goes on and he says this, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul goes on and he says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So here's Paul, he's decided, you know what, I'm gonna boast about my weakness. I'm not gonna pretend like I don't have any weaknesses. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm fine. I'm not gonna tell everybody that everything's okay. I'm going to actually explain that I have these weaknesses that are in my life and I'm gonna boast about how God works through them. Instead of complaining about my weaknesses, instead of growing in in despair about my weaknesses, instead of kind of getting more and more frustrated about my weaknesses, I am instead going to boast about my weaknesses. And then Paul goes on in the very next verse and he says this, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, when we get to a point that we're willing to admit that what we're going through is more than we can handle, when we finally get to the point where we're actually able to say, look, I, this is, I'm not ready for this. I, I, I can't bear this. This is too much weight. That's when God takes over. And that's when he becomes the most visible in your life when you admit the weaknesses that you have. That's when he is working most powerfully through you and through me. When I can't handle it, and I know that I can't handle it, and I admit that I can't handle it, God flexes his muscles, and he takes over. For when I can't handle it, he is strong. Now, I I mentioned that bad things happen to all of us. And the reason I can make that statement is that life, life as a whole is more than you can handle. Life is more than I can handle. It is. Now, it may be different parts of life that are problems for you than they are for me and different parts that are problems for me than they are for you, but all of us have parts of life that we can't handle. Some of us are trying to raise teenagers right now. And there are some moments in that that are more than you can handle. 
Some of you are getting ready for the next season of life, whatever that may be. It may be that the next season for you is a new school that you're going to, or it may be that the next season for you is a new career, or the next season is, is college, or the next season is marriage, or the next season is a new baby, or maybe it's an empty nest that's getting ready to happen at your place. And man, we can be really excited about all of those next steps. But there are parts of all of them that are more than you can handle. So don't believe that the Bible says God will, not, will never give you more than you can handle. Because sometimes he does. Sometimes he lets it be more than you can take. M- more weight than you can carry. And sometimes he even smiles when it's more than you can handle because he knows that there is the potential that because of that, you are going to turn and depend on him. And you are going to get to see his power. Don't forget who God is. Okay, in this culture in which we live and the society we're in and technology that's out there and communication that gets shared with all those little details that are out there that are kind of grabbing our attention and distracting us from so many different things. Don't think of God as just the God who created things a long time ago and and God is the the great uh, part of the stories of the past and of history. Don't forget who God is. Isaiah spent a lifetime trying to make it clear to generations who God is. And maybe no clearer statement than in some verses that come out of Isaiah that have actually been put onto posters and put onto plaques and hung onto walls. But these are not just phrases. These are not just ideas that are out there that aren't actually in there. But these are real verses that come out of God's word. And here's what Isaiah says about our God. He says, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. None of that happens because of you. Or because of me. When you can't handle it, when you can't bear it, when you can't carry it, He will provide a solution. He will provide strength. He will provide wings. He will provide a way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for um, the responsibilities and the assignments and the opportunities that you put in front of us, but God, there are too many times when we we know they're too much and we know they're too heavy and we know they're, they're, they're too big and it's hard for us to even imagine how in the world we would handle it on our own. And there are some of us who have been very well-meaning 
who have tried to convince ourselves or convince others that as long as we jump through the right hoops, that we by ourselves would have enough to handle whatever happens in this life, and that was never your intention. But instead that there would be some moments that were too much and be some moments that were too heavy. And you had hopes that we would turn to you, that we would lean into you, that we would depend on you and that we would get to see your power at work. And so God, would you speak to our hearts right now about maybe some of those moments in our life that we are continuing to try and handle on our own, in our own power, and our own strength, that we need to turn over to you and admit that it's too much for us. And God, we thank you that we can trust you. We thank you that you have promised us to always come alongside us and always be with us. And you have shown that to us through Jesus Christ his teaching and his sacrifice, his love and his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. And it is enough to handle whatever we can't. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you'd stand with me this morning. Maybe you're here today and we're sitting here talking about not really us, but the power of Jesus the power he has over the stuff we go through. And if you've never said yes to Jesus and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you've never said, I believe Jesus is Lord and been baptized in his name, maybe today needs to be that day. Maybe today can be that day and you can walk down these aisles and make that decision. Maybe you've already made that decision before and you want to be a part of this church here at First Christian. We, we invite you to make that decision as well. We have folks who will be here to talk with you and, and pray with you, answer questions that you have about any of that. In our first service, we, we had a family that came and joined with us, and daughter that's, that's getting ready to, to be baptized, and, and so we're looking forward to that as well. But maybe that's a decision that you need to make. But during this time, we're just going to lift our voices and, and sing. And the one that we worship, the one that we praise, is not ourselves. It's not us who has the power to handle the stuff that happens in this life. It is the one that we sing praises to, who has promised to be with us, promised to come alongside us, promised to help us find our way. And so if you have a decision to make, we invite you to come. For the rest of us, may we lift our voices in praise and worship to our King. Let's sing together.